Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Ty Della from Demo to Reno, and we are talking flipping, this time specifically digging into how to do a flip the right way. So we're going to be talking about the process of flipping. So start us off by telling us what's the process of the flip? How do you start? What do you do? Right. Well, I suppose the first thing is you got to get on Trade Me and, and you got to find the property. That's always the challenging part is, is getting one and winning it at auction or negotiation or whatever. And in that process, I suppose you've got to be able to see the potential in it. Like I've mentioned, you're always looking for certain things, whether it's outside tide, paintwork, basic indoor-outdoor flow situations. Maybe there's an opportunity to put in a big set of doors with a big deck or something like that. So basically looking at any kind of work that can be done to the property. Personally, I don't really have a big plan when I look at a property. I just see potential in it. I see that it needs work and I kind of figure it out once I get the property. I don't do too much homework prior because, you know, the odds of winning it are small these days. So I don't try and do too much work behind the scenes because we've gone to so many and lost so many. Once we've won the property, it's just basically get in there and it's just just go hard. The number one thing for me is get into the kitchen, strip it out, get the demolition done in there and get your kitchen guys in there because everything else can flow really quickly. It's the kitchen that takes time. The kitchen can take a four-week process just in the kitchen. So basically, we just get the demolition done, get my builders in there, and we just get that all happening. Why the kitchen? Why does that hold you up? Well, because it takes time. So basically, if you think about it, once you strip your kitchen out, you basically got to pull all the jib off, you got to repipe, and in that process, you got to get your cabinetry all made up. And so, say your cabinetry takes two weeks to get made, that means you've got two weeks to basically get that jib off, get your pipe work done and your electrical fit out done. You get your jib back on the wall, you need to get that plastered and you need to get it painted, and you got to get that done in, say, two weeks. Then your cabinetry is going to get installed. From that point, you need to order your benchtop. Now, your benchtop generally takes anywhere from seven to 10 days. Why um, are you not ordering that earlier on? Well, no, so you, you do, but they will not start the process till they come and do the measurement on site. Gotcha. So we give them all the measurements prior. You get your quotes done. You give them the deposit. So you're all set to go. You have them booked in saying, hey, guys, my cabinetry is getting installed on this date. Can you come here in the afternoon and do your measure up? So that can be anywhere from seven to 10 days. So, you know, to do a kitchen, once that's done, then you can do your fit off. And then you got your splashbacks and, and so on. So you can do a kitchen in four weeks, but it is tight. That's the number one thing I'd say is you, you got to get that going straight away. Bathrooms are easy. You can just strip them out. If you're just replacing like for like, then it's not too major. And Tiger as well, I've been looking at quite a few of your photos. It looks like there's almost a, can I say, standard aesthetic of things that you'll install. Sure. Things like your subway tiles, everything's painted sure. really white. I mean, it's beautiful. Yes. It looks like it comes straight out of a magazine. Have you done that on purpose? Pretty much. We have a standard kind of go, you know, because what that means is that when you've got leftover materials on this job, you can flow yeah. them onto the next job, yeah, you know, because right. the last thing you want is just constant leftover, leftover, leftover. So we do try and change it up a little bit. Everyone asks us, what white paint do we use? We use the same white paint. It's called black white. We use it on every <laughs> single house because it means if I'm left over with two tins, I just move them onto the next job, you know? Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, even if you did a property a month, 12 properties, the same style in the Auckland market is not going to really have a major effect. No one's going to walk in and go, oh, no, I've seen no. this one already, right? And where have your delays been? Surely there are bottlenecks that come along the way. How do you avoid those bottlenecks? And when have you had them and how do you avoid them? So the main ones are, that I've learned is, well, firstly, the kitchen is a big one. You've got to be on top of the kitchen. 
from day one. You've got to have that planned out and set out because that can hold you back. Secondly, I think when you don't plan your subbies out, so you've got to understand that your subcontractors are busy. They've got schedules and you need to be able to forecast. You need to be able to look forward two weeks and say, okay, we will be here on this date and I need my sparkies in today. And I think if you don't call them up with enough time and whatnot, then people can get mucked around and stuff. So planning, planning, planning is really key. Planning your subbies and your trades is really, really key. And obviously then trying to stick to that schedule and that timeline. If you slip up there, that's where things go wrong, I suppose. Did you find most of your subbies based on your previous job? How did you identify good people to work with? Yeah, so I would, you know, during my previous job, I, I built up some relationships and I've used the majority of them since then. I always think, you know, because I'm a one-man band, I always consider my subbies my team. They're my guys. I don't have employees and stuff like yes. that, but these guys are my team. So, you know, when they come on site, we've been seeing each other now for two years. We have good banter and, and whatnot, even though I might not see them for two months at a time or whatnot here and there. But And you may or may not have an opinion on this, but in your mind, how does a flip renovation differ from, say, one that you might do if you're running the BURS strategy, the buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat? Sure. I suppose the one thing that comes to mind is with the BURR strategy, I'm thinking you're always looking to see if you can add a room on here and there. Yes. Because it's all about getting that rent increase and and so on. And with flipping, I mean, we have added a couple bedrooms on a couple of properties, but it's definitely not my focus. Yes. I'm not looking to add another bedroom on. If anything, on these older houses, we are probably could add a bedroom where they have these old, you know, they have the old rooms that were called their laundries. Yes. You know, you could probably add a, a third or fourth bedroom sometimes. But for me, I'm like, nah, let's rather make the kitchen bigger. You know, let's, let's open this thing up or do something else. So I think maybe that's the first thing I could see potentially. Would you use cheaper materials because you want to get it done as cheaply as possible and it's not your responsibility for maintenance over the long term? No, see, I actually would have thought it the other way around. Like if I was to buy something as a rental, I think I would be kind of aiming not to spend too much downgrade money. the heat pump or something like that. To the yeah, like, specs. you know, yeah. So, you know, I think with the flips that we're doing, we definitely try to bring in a good quality of material from appliances to yep. taps and whatever. And then people can appreciate, hey, I'm going to live here. So therefore, you know, I like the fact that there's Fisher and Paykel in there. And actually, on that note, how many people, when you've sold the property, if you know, have been mm -hmm. owner-occupiers versus investors? All my properties have been owner-occupiers. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's almost not surprising because, for instance, just coming back to the Burr versus Flip, if I think about benchtops, for instance, you probably mm -hmm. don't want to put in the most expensive benchtop into a Burr renovation because what if the tenants thrash it? You might put that's that right. in just before you sell it, but you might put that's a right. cheaper one in while you continue to hold it, then upgrade it. Whereas with a Flip, if you're selling exactly. to an owner-occupier, you'd put in the best stuff straight away. Absolutely. So at the moment, we're facing major issues with supply chain and yes. uh, has that started to affect you yet and do you think it's going to affect you over the next wee while? It definitely impacted me in the last year you know well, what I was noticing is the suppliers like Bunnings and Carters are really looking after the bigger guys you know the guys that are ordering in bulk whole truckloads and stuff and <laughs> and you're going in there to get 10 sheets of jib and they're saying no there's nothing there but you can see 10 pallets of jib yeah uh, it's all for the big boys there was a, you know a bit of impact then and i was a lot of running around trying to organize this or grab this piece of timber here and whatnot so it can be a pain but there's always solutions right like i know right now the guys are struggling for jib i was talking to another guy that's busy renovating a house and he said you know what there's other alternatives they're looking at like ply tongue and groove board and yeah you know there's so many different things out there to do so i think it's just causing people to have to think out of the box 
and go, you know, what can we do to keep this job going and flowing? And maybe then you're looking for jobs for the next one where you're not going to rejib, but you can, you know, you can skim plaster and then you can just paint over it. That's right. You know, we currently got an auction on Wednesday and look at a property and it's not going to require any jib or minimal. And actually, that's a really good question as well. So you've mentioned auctions a few times in our episodes, and I've never been much of a fan personally when I buy for something like this renovation project to buy at auction because I do all this work researching and then I miss out on it. It just annoys me. But -hmm. you obviously go to a lot of auctions. Presumably, that's just because that's the way the market has been in Auckland. How many of your properties have been bought by auction? How many have been private sales and how many have just been normal negotiations, roughly? About 70% through auctions. Wow. Yeah, then about probably 20% through private sales and 10% through price buy negotiation. And so then if auctions are such a big focus for you, what's Mm. been your strategy when you've gone to auctions to actually win them? I'll tell you what, this is what I've learned about myself in the process. I always go there with a set price in mind. You know, I've worked the budget out and I'm like, I don't want to spend more than this. Every single auction, we've ended up having to spend more to get the property. (laughs) But it's, you know, I've learned that sometimes you just got to take the risk. Like you said, you put a lot of effort in and you get there and you don't want to lose it for 10 grand. That's right. And sometimes you've just got to push yourself. And even in that, there's always still been enough margin to make it all worth it. So sometimes you've just got to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone to nail it because the hard part is running around there looking at properties and and getting one. That's right. Now, we were talking before we hit the record button and you're saying that you get quite a few people on your Instagram message again asking you questions, which is awesome and I'm sure they very much appreciate the fact that you actually answer back. Now, my question is from either your own experience or from the messages you get, what do you see first time flippers get wrong or what are some of the common mistakes flippers make? That's a good question. (laughs) When I look back on my journey, I can't really see any major mistakes that we've made, to be honest. I think it's all about learning the whole way through. You know, things like we took on a property that had asbestos and realizing, oh my gosh, this doesn't just take 10 days like they say, and it doesn't just take five grand. It was a heck of a long process and it cost a lot more money. So I don't know truly what mistakes people might be making or even I've made yet, but I think everything is, as long as you take it on the chin and you keep just learning from it, I think that's the key really, to be honest. And so when you are selling, I like the fact that you stage the property, you use an agent that you trust, but there's always this balance between I might have financed some money and every day that goes past, I'm paying more money in interest and I need to actually get this thing sold versus Mm -hmm. I want to get a premium price. I don't want to just take the first offer necessarily. How do you manage that in your head and you know, when you go to sleep at night and your wife's saying, you haven't sold the property yet? Yeah, I mean, we've had some challenging ones where it's gone to auction and there was an offer in there, but I just, I was just like, no, we're not going to take it. You get a bit of a slump in your in your heart when it's like, oh, no, it's, it's not sold. But then within 10 minutes, you know, I had two buyers walk in and, and start having a go at it and then we sold it at a price that I was happy for. I think the main thing for me is it always comes down to my actual financial situation at the time. Yes. Realistically, that's what it comes down to. If I've got the money to sit there and hold and I'm not happy with the yeah. price, then I'm going to sit and hold. But if I need the money and I need to keep moving, then you know what? You bite the bullet. I've been told a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. So just keep moving. And do you ever see yourself going back to a regular job or is this you? No, this is me. This is me. I'm I'm in it. I'm committed. And, you know, we're just going to keep pushing forward and, and keep doing this. Yeah. And final question, what is next for you guys at Demo Arena? What's the next two years look like? You just want to keep doing more flips? 
Yeah, listen, we're going to do some flips. We are going to, man, we're going to put out a TV show soon one day. Awesome. And we're just going to just keep doing this, you know, keep growing. We want to do more houses. I mean, that's the reality. We know what we're doing. And if we can do 10 houses a year, we'll do it. We'll just see what happens, you know. Well, I tell you what, Tiger, I'll have to get you on the cover of Property Investor magazine. <laughs> Hopefully that will uh, help you get on your journey to starting that TV show. I mean, it, as soon as you said it, I was thinking, well, how am I going to finance a TV show to make it happen? And how we, how's it going to work? Oh, I've already written that Have down. you already written <laughs> yeah. it down? Yeah. Well, if you want to see more of Tyke, check him out on Instagram, demo to reno, and all so check out his website if you want to see a look at what's possible when you are flipping because I think those are really good case studies for anybody who wants to flip to check out and just see how it's done. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.